Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Our scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, verses 19 through 21. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the disciples had gathered together and locked the doors of the place because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. This is the word of the Lord. This last year, I have experienced a great deal of anxiety and fear. Now, you don't need to raise your hands, but have you? Have you felt that fear inside? But I've not only felt it individually, but I've also felt it in a collective sense. But individually, one of the greatest fears I've had over the last year is around COVID-19. As I mentioned before, I am fully vaccinated. And I wish I could tell you that that just gave me so much confidence. But I am still a little concerned. How efficient will this vaccine be? How long will it last? How well will it protect me from all these different strains that keep popping up? I'm afraid that we might see another uptick in cases and in deaths. Up to this point, those individuals that I love and care for, I've only had to experience a minimal amount of those who have actually died from COVID-19. But that has left a scar inside of me. But I'm also concerned about what will life be like post-pandemic. And the reason I use the word post-pandemic, because I don't think there will ever, this me personally, I don't think there will ever come a time when we are post-COVID. From what I'm here, this is going to be with us for some time, if not forever. So I do wonder, what will post-pandemic look like? COVID-19 has made me aware of all the positive ways that our health system 
is able to work, not only nationally, but globally. But it's also made me realize all the deficits that are within our health system, both locally and globally. I don't know what education is going to look like. I don't know what life will be like for the young people who for one year out of their education had to either be online and when they did return in person, they had to wear masks and stay away from each other. I don't understand the implications that will have for them as they go forward in their education. I think about those that are in college, in high school. These seniors, last year and this year, they can't visit campuses. I know of individuals that are graduating and their internships have been put into jeopardy because they can't go out. And there's a limited amount of positions available because of COVID-19. So I'm not certain what our educational system will look like, not only next year, but in the years to come. And then I think about our economy. I think about the trillions of dollars that we now owe someone. Good news is, for me, I won't have to pay it back. But I'm very concerned for my grandchildren and their children because eventually this will have to be paid back. Those are the concerns and the fears that I experience personally. And here it is, Easter. This is the day when we shout out loud, you know, Christ is risen, hallelujah. But I wonder how many of you physically here and those of you watching us through live stream, I wonder how many of you feel a little unsettled, maybe even a little bit of fear, because when it comes to that first Easter Sunday, you might not be fully certain what took place on that day. You may feel doubts. You may not believe in a literal physical resurrection. And it may leave you feeling like, ooh, who, who could I share this with? Who could I tell that I have these doubts and concerns? And if I do share it with someone, Will they look at me like, what in the world is wrong with you? And then I have fears for collective, for spiritual communities, and in particular, Christianity. This last week, a Google survey came out, and for the first time here in America, less than half of our country, those who live in our country, are members of a Christian church. That's the first time it's ever happened. And the pro projecting into the future, it doesn't look like it's going to come back up. 
the number of people who call themselves unaffiliated has grown from like 7 8% to where we are now at 25% in just a matter of two decades. And then I stop and I look back at what has happened over the last year or two and how Christians have got on social media and made comments. And I look at ministers like myself And I listen to some of the things they are saying and some of the things they are writing, and it's embarrassing. And it scares me about the future of Christianity. My grandchildren do not attend a church on a regular basis. And I wonder if they ever will. And so I am concerned for the future of the Christian church. And I'm also concerned and a little bit afraid of the future of Beatitudes Church. Now, again, what, this is Easter Sunday. I'm supposed to be up here going rah, 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 right? But I've got to be honest with you. And it's not just me. There are many Christian ministers who are concerned about the future of their churches. It's been over a year since we have been able to gather like this, even on a minimal amount. They say it takes three months to break a habit. Well, if you were going to church merely as a habit, you're out of it. And so will churches like Beatitudes have something to offer other people? 30% of ministers who were recently surveyed are tempted to quit because they're concerned and afraid of what the future holds for local churches. And I think about Beatitudes We are different. What we have to offer the larger Christian community and the secular community is different. We offer an alternative way of of looking at Christianity. Now, please understand, we, we take the Bible seriously. We don't ignore it. We bring all of the tools and our abilities and our intellect to try to understand it in its original context and its context for the 21st century. But yet, the way that we live our lives and the way that we view things is different from a lot of other churches. Please, it doesn't mean that we're better. But it also doesn't mean that we're worse. It just means we're different. And I think there's individuals in spiritual communities like ours that are wondering, is there a market for us? 
So these are the fears that I have been dealing with over the last year. And I know, and I am pretty certain you understand, that fear can cause us to be paralyzed. Look at nature. Before there's a fight or a flight, there are many creatures who just freeze. And they try to just blend in and be as safe as possible. This last year, that's what we've been doing. We've gone into our safe places. And now, with the drop in cases and the drop in deaths and the rise of vaccinations being offered and people receiving them, we're slowly beginning to to free ourselves from this paralysis that we've been experiencing. But we've got to be careful because fear can trap us. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus' followers. In the text that was read to us, notice where those disciples are. They're locked in a room, just like we are, have been. They were locked in a room, scared that what happened to Jesus might happen to them. They were scared, literally, to death. And then something happened. I invite you to use your imagination. I have no biblical support for this, but in my mind, I can imagine that this might have happened. I imagine that as the followers of Jesus were huddled in this room, that one looked at the other one and said, hey, you know, aren't you tired of being in here? And the other one said, yeah, but what choice do we have? If we go out, they'll know, they'll see us, and then whoop, we're done. Yeah, but I'm tired. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of being scared all the time. And then in my mind's eye, I see one of the Jesus' followers over here. And he says, I wonder what Jesus tell us if, if he was here with us right now. I wonder if he would be afraid. And then there's dead silence. Because that's one characteristic that when I read the Gospels, I don't find about Jesus. He wasn't afraid. He knew who he was. He knew what he was about. He had a sense of purpose. He had a mission. He was driven to make a difference in society. And when he decided to head to Jerusalem, his followers said, no, not safe, don't go. And Jesus said, nah, this is what I've got to do. 
Now, what I just shared with you may never have happened, but something happened on that first Easter morning because those individuals in that room opened up the door and walked out. And they had a new sense of purpose and mission. And even though Jesus was no longer physically present with them, they now believed that it was their duty, it was their responsibility, it was their privilege to go out and continue what it was that Jesus had done and what Jesus was about. That's why this scripture ends with this sense of where Jesus says to them, as I have been sent, now I send you. And for millennials, individuals have taken that serious and believe that how you live your life matters. So what in the world does this have to do with resurrection? The word resurrection means to come forth from death into life. In some ways, by being physically here, you've had a small little resurrection. You were willing to take the chance. Every single day, we have the opportunity to have these little resurrection moments. We can have these little Easter moments throughout the year. When we look at our lives and we say, this characteristic, this habit, this impulse, this behavior, it's worn out its time in my life. I'm going to leave it behind. And I'm going to become something new today. Wow. That's Easter. Yes, we get to highlight it on one day. But it's, let, let's, let's make it a way of life, right? Of always becoming something new. That's what Jesus was all about. Giving new life to people. And now we, as we grow and become new and fully human, we can help others do the same. So please, relish in the moments and the opportunities that are given for you to experience the resurrection today and the tomorrows to come. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. 
You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.